Good morning, fuckers. Round three in the house, and here we go. I have my partner in crime, Mikey, with me today. What's happening, everybody? And, of course, Invisible Eric is invisible once more to start the entire week. So we don't know where he's... Hey, guys, I'm so (laughs) glad I'm here today. I know, right? (laughs) This is so exciting for me to be back today again. So, Eric, what happened? Well, let me tell you, uh, I was two years old, right. and, you know, uh, my mom was making me a sandwich because okay. I was hungry, and then, you know, like, um, you put on the sandwich? see what happened was, I, I was a peanut butter okay. um, and jelly, and that's when I found out I really like nuts. Really? Um, wait, what? Did you like them in your mouth yeah. or on your chin? Uh, on the dog's balls. Oh, <laughs> And then, and then, you know, like I was five years old and, uh, I was walking and then I turned eight and then, you know, now I'm like 41 or something. I don't know my age. And, uh, yeah, I woke up. So that's the climactic end of the story. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Um, you sounded exactly like him. Oh, thanks guys. I'm sixth man, Antonio Mendes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm so I'm so bad at impressions. I, just, I suck. Hello. I, I just like the fact that you said, "Hello, I'm Antonio Bendez." <laughs> I was like, I was gonna try to pull off as close it was as such I could, a dead but that was fucking it. Ringer, man. I mean, it was a dead ringer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hello, I'm Antonio Banderas, sexiest man alive. That was actually much better. Now try to do Christopher Watkins. <laughs> Babies, babies, you see, you see, babies, <laughs> babies. I don't babies. know. I don't know what he says. Baby, baby. <laughs> let me let me tell you, Cookie, how it goes. No, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and I, what other one did he have? Did he have one more? Uh, no, I sure didn't. <laughs> he had, he had quagmire. Uh, hey, hey, he had hey, hey, Peter, like, hey, Peter, hey, <laughs> yeah, Peter. He does Peter too. Oh, my God. I bet he does, Peter. All right. <laughs> um, So, you know, I know we went on a trip, you know, up north, you know, just recently. So I saw something come across my feed and I like made me draw right into it. And it was basically what's going on in all the airports lately with these close calls. I mean, I'm sure they happen more often, but it's coming out a little bit more in the press. But it's like, are you talking about when you have to run to the bathroom and take a shit? Is that a close call? Yeah, that could be. Well, can we? We'll go back to that one later. But uh, on planes, like, so when you know how planes are coming into the airport and they putting them on the wrong runway and shit. Like, we just had one recently, um, where in Sarasota, Florida, um, where a they basically an air traffic controller cleared the plane to take off again, and that while, while an American Airlines jet was on its uh, making its final approach on the same runway. Right. So it's like, you know, what is going on? I mean, they, they said it came within like 3,000 feet. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty damn close with, with a one and a half. That's not close at all. You don't think with a one and a half ton plane? No. No. I don't know, man. Dude, 3,000 feet. That's freaking That's six tenths of a mile. That's pretty damn yeah, far but on away, Two bro. planes going 200 miles an hour at each other? I mean... I mean, it was what? You have to be 200 miles an yeah. hour to get airspeed, right? So, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what, what it takes to get the lift on those planes. I mean, they're pretty paper thin if people mm-hmm. knew how those wings really feel. You know what I mean? You, you think, yeah, you think, you think I should know because, you know, I was training to be yeah, a pilot. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, <laughs> hey, help me out, man. I thought you were a pilot here, man. I mean, fuck. Hey, Mike, where are we going up again? Uh, <laughs> I've been cleared. It's going to be a while. That'd be some dumb shit that. It's going to be a while. I don't know, man. You know, so let me ask you something since you fly right is it really easy to see on your approach like from the planes taking off i mean is it easy for you to see in a small plane oh 100 yeah because i mean you see something's in the runway but the problem is i don't think the problem is is it's not like um so when you're coming down your nose is up a little bit so there is an opera i guess there would be an opportunity where if a plane's coming off the runway that you're landing in in the same direction that you could collide because your nose is tipped up a little bit because you're trying to, you're descending. Right. So you're not looking directly down. Yeah. So that nose you know? isn't I mean, like you're coming at the, pointing you're down coming, when it's coming in coming like at, this. No, at the beginning, you're at the beginning, you're pointing at the runway, but then when you get closer, you start leveling it out and pulling it up to kind of come yeah, down. Kind of bring the back wheels um, down, so, right? So, yeah, I mean, if you have a plane taking off and a plane coming in, that's really, that's a big part for danger. Now, are you saying that's what happened? They came within 3,000 feet of each other because one was taking off and one was landing? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Right. One was taking off and one was landing on its final approach. And I mean, you know, you've also been seeing like in, in JFK, I think a couple of them have happened in JFK, but it's a much larger airport, obviously. But um, where yeah. they're clearing them. So to cross the runway, like to go across it. Yeah. And the guy's the coming, coming in, in. They're like taking off, dude. And they're like, you know, I don't know if you heard any of the audio of those planes coming in. No. But um, it's pretty crazy. You can hear the Sounds you can hear scary. the panic in the air traffic controller's voice, you know. FedEx one, FedEx one. I'm just saying one. I don't know what the fucking tail number is, but he's like FedEx one, FedEx one. You know, uh, stop, 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 stop. You know what I mean? He's like going, telling him to stop. You know, stop takeoff, pretty much. And it was like pretty insane because um, there was another um, Southwest flight coming in. <laughs> I was just like, I think it's because they're tired. It's probably a good point. That's what it comes Overworked. down to. I mean, because yeah. you, when you have human error, it's usually because you're overworked. Or you don't have enough help. So right. you're trying to do everything on your own. What do you always say? Don't go, leave and yourself on I, I feel like that would, I feel like that'd be a very uh, challenging job. Um, because you're doing the same repetitive task over and over and over again. Right. Um, and I don't know what the system is. Like, I don't know if you like, I've never been in air traffic controller, like uh, where they work or anything. Um, so I don't know if it's where you like assign planes to runways on a screen so you can see what's going on or if you're doing it all by notes, you know, just watching a radar screen blipping with numbers on it and you're, you know, and then you're radioing in, you're writing it back or how, what, I don't even know what the process is. You, so. you would think that they would have some type of software that would, you know, document what's going where so you couldn't like make that mistake. You would think. I mean, you still yeah. have human error anyway. I mean, you know, because it's always human error. Computers do what they're told for the most part. So I feel like you could have the software of all the planes have transponders, which they they, they should um, now because that's a law that they've Even on small planes? So can, all, yeah, even on small planes. Like it was required, uh, I think 2020 is when it was required okay. by, 2021, something like that. Um, so you have to have a transponder on that lets other planes know where you're at in the area so it shows up. Um, 
Now, on the small planes, you don't have radar or anything like that, so you don't see it. You're just transmitting so the bigger planes can see it. Um, because the smaller plane is a lot easier to maneuver too. I mean, as far as like getting out of the way, like you have more control than a larger plane, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, like airliners are basically huge sky buses pretty much. So they can't turn right. on a dime where a, you could say like a, a Cessna, for instance, would be more like a little Hyundai driving down the road. You know what I mean? You can get out of the way real quick if you had to make an evasive maneuver. No. Oh yeah. You can get out of the way a lot easier. A lot easier. I was trying to think, um, and I guess it's escaping me at the moment. I was trying to think of when you're landing and taking off, if you're taking off and landing in the same direction. Because um, I know you normally want to take off into the wind so that way you'll get more lift under the wings. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're landing you want to land the opposite direction if i can remember right but i'll have to look it up because it's been a while i mean it's been almost a year year and a half since i've been uh up in a plane just because you know i sold my plane and then covid right. hit so i mean it's been longer than that actually it's been two years so i would like to get back into it i was gonna say because i to me it would list. be like why wouldn't you want to land like with the wind coming at you because it's creating drag so to slow you down no, it's creating lift it's creating well you're lift. well you're like putting your um you up your flaps down right so that should slow you down whether you have lift or not right because your 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 flaps your flaps allow you to stay in the air at slower speeds okay because you're trying not to hit the ground so fast that it burns the rubber off your tires or causes your landing gear to collapse because you're basically it's basically a controlled fall like you're like on a like even on the small plane like the Cessna when I'm coming in like at the very like towards the end of it you're you have no engine power like your engine's pretty much off <laughs> That's um, yeah, good to on, know. <laughs> but I mean, as far as like, as far as any power going to the engine, it's off. Like you have no throttle. Like it's just idling because you don't want to be picking up any speed. Um, and anytime you point the nose down, you start to pick up speed. Right. Um, and the flaps help you create lift to keep you up. So that way you don't just drop straight down. Like it creates a lift under the wing. So kind of keep you up. like doing that number coming in, right? Like a little bit of uh, no, just to keep you in the air. Just to keep you in the air, period. The rear, the rear, um, uh, the rudder and the rear, uh, what are the things called? Shit, I can't remember. I told my head, I have a brain fart. The uh, on the tail, the the flaps that are that are up and down, ailerons. No, I don't know. That's what they're called. I can't remember what they're called. Fuck. Anyways, I'm gonna sound like a complete <laughs> asshole right now. Um, those is what controls your back. You're, you're moving up and down as far as your nose. Okay. Like the flaps are strictly for lift. Okay. So note to self, don't fly with Mike until he's had six months back under the freaking stick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're like, I don't know what I mean, the fuck those are called. I, mean, I, just, I know what I just it all, okay, <laughs> so, so I know what it all does. I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm getting lost in the technical term. Right, I know. Does that make yeah. sense? I mean, it's like riding a bike. You know? I'm sure when you got back into the cockpit, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's what that's for. Oh yeah, that's what that's for. No, no, no. I know everything what it does and know how it oh, does okay. it. I just can't remember the technical name for oh, okay. it. You know what I mean? It's like, it'd be like, what's the hose that attaches the caliper, you know, to the brake line? Like, what's that piece, that, that metal piece that's in between it? Like, there's a technical name for it, but I don't, I don't know. Hydraulic what joint? No. That is incorrect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I know what it does. Like, and I know, I know how to, I know how to replace it if I see it. <laughs> so let me ask you something. So is it easy I mean, is it, when I say easy, is it easy to pick up pretty quick how to fly? 
like a, like you would a car. I mean, as far as like you're you when you think about when you learned to drive a car at 16. Yes, it's about the same. The only difference is instead with a car, you only have um, two axes. You know, you have uh, just basically right. X and Y. Yeah. You, yeah, left, right, forward, and backwards. Right. So you just have you have you have just the two axes. With flying, you have all three. You have X, Y, and Z, which Z is up and down. Okay. So that's what makes it challenging because you're trying as you're trying to go straight. You can be picking up or losing altitude. Does that make right. sense? Because you're not keeping the plane level. So all of a sudden, you know, you could be flying along, think you're in a straight line, and you went from a thousand feet to five hundred feet because you've been slowly descending because you just have the nose just a little bit down, just not quite level. Um, you can also do a thing where the wind's pushing you. So, like if your plane's max speed's eighty miles an hour and you're in eighty mile an hour headwind, you're standing still. You're not moving on the planet like as far as geography you're not moving you're standing still right. because your speed is as fast as the wind is so it's pushing against you you're just sitting there um if you have a tailwind you go faster if you have a crosswind whichever wind is, the wind's coming from it's pushing you in that direction so if you're wanting to fly from like a to b and it's a straight line you can't fly a straight line you have to fly into the wind past the point so that way you'll end up at that point does that make sense total sense because i can tell you yeah. i played um with the xbox i downloaded that microsoft simulator for xbox so i yeah. decided hey this has got to be a piece of cake so i load the game up i'm thinking I got my pilot hat on you know what i mean i played video games this is no big damn deal i put it realistic mode let me tell you something yeah. i got the bitch off the ground but barely. i didn't barely i ain't lying i barely off the ground because it was like i was getting like alerts after you know alarm after an alarm and i'm going uh what am i, what am I doing here i got that bitch in. now did you have the foot rudders yes well i had to use this the okay. paddles on the controller it's not like you have them at your feet uh yeah so that's yeah so that's, so that's totally a totally different, different feel because i'm sure you have to like have the have the uh steering wheel and then you have your rudders yeah. turning you from left to right right with your feet yeah pretty okay. much so yeah. and then this controls and you can also turn left and right you can also turn left and right by tipping the plane left and right with the with the stick so there's two oh. ways to turn. You can use the rudders. The rudders are primarily to keep you flying straight. Because if you turn the rudder, if you put a little bit of right, like a right rudder, it'll keep you flying straight. So that way you can get to that line because even though the wind's pushing you, you're turning the plane right. in that so direction. Right, so you're like, like so at an slightly, angle. You know? Now, what's really disorientating is you can fly sideways in the wind. And <laughs> it really messes like, with... Hmm. It really messes with like your stomach because you feel like you should be moving straight, but you're moving sideways. So, you know, and some people feel it faster than others. So that's like an interesting situation too, because you think you're flying straight, but you're not, you're actually flying a little sideways because the wind's pushing you and you, and you're not pointing the plane in the, you know, in the right direction. You're just flying sideways. <laughs> you know, I, I've only um, been on a plane once where I was flying sideways coming into the landing into yeah. Tampa International. Like and it was an airliner. On the landings, you have to, which that's it, that on the crosswinds, that's probably the scariest. It literally part. that's the most that's the most unnerving. It messed with my head, part. dude, because he literally was coming in like this, you know, from you know yeah. at that angle where I I could see out my window the runway, like and then went and he was yeah. like tipping on the side. He was tipping the wings left, right, left, right, because just trying to keep it because we were trying to beat the storm that was coming in, but the winds were already yeah. there. Yeah, and the <clears> man, all of a sudden strong. he turned that thing forward and slammed us to the ground, man. 
Yeah, right before you get the ground, you got to straighten it out. So I've had to do that several times. Oh. I mean, there's been times where I've been at like 250 feet above the runway, and I think I'm going to land in the middle of the runway. Like you're, you got the note, you got the propeller lined up right <laughs> with, with the middle of the runway, the line down the middle, right. and I get within 50 feet, and I'm like 30 feet off of the off off of the center of the runway because I'm you know uh, because the winds push me that much in that brief of a time. So you pretty much have to come in sideways on a crosswind and then at the last minute straighten out and touch the wheels down and touch the nose down. So it, it gets a little bit a little dicey, uh, unnerving. Yeah. It's just unnerving because you're coming in sideways. Does no, that make sense? Dude, I like, know how I felt when I was on that airline jet. I wasn't even and, flying the damn thing. And it's not. And the thing is, is like you have to pull up at the right moment because if you don't, you'll travel down. You're, the, the, the plane wants to fly. Right. It's engineered and designed that it wants to fly. Right. So, you know, if you straighten it out too fast, it will pick, or if you pull, and what I mean by straighten it up, if you pull the nose up too quickly, you'll start gaining elevation. Right. Because you've been, you've got still got forward momentum. So you'll start gaining an elevation because you have your flaps down to keep you in the air. So it tries to lift. It'll start creating a lift. So you'll go up and then you got to push the nose down. And then, you know, that's when your plane can drop. And then the other weird thing is, is when you get to about 10 or 15 feet, um, it drops fast because at that point there's not enough air circulation under the wings to keep the wings flying. So it'll kind of go whoop, you know yeah, what I mean? Pop down on you. <laughs> so, so if you, if you do that, that's when you get the bounces. I don't know. You've seen the bounces on the oh, runway yeah. when student pilots are learning, they come down and they go boink, boink, <laughs> boink, because they pulled up too soon and they didn't have enough lifts. So they came down a little bit too hard. They bounced off the runway. Um, you know, and it bounced them back up in the air. And then like, you know, you're like, oh shit, you know, you've even seen that happen to veteran um, pilots, you know, it, it, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like you've got to always be in your game with it because there's, you can mess up. Um, and it goes back to the pretty, yeah, it goes back to human error pretty easily. So, I mean, like yeah. I said, computers I mean, normally don't make those easily. mistakes because they have, they're going to be exact. No, again, you may and may not know this, but do planes actually, does, is it human interaction on the landing or like for major airliners or do the computers land them now? I think the pilots. So the land pilots still land the computers land them. I think the, I think the computers get them close, but I don't think they actually land them. I don't know. I mean, I'm researching. I'm just that. curious because I, you know, so, you know that they probably kick it over to autopilot once they get airborne. You know what I mean? And the plane just flies itself, right? But yeah, which I mean, that's real. That's really convenient if you have the autopilot feature because then you don't have to be concentrating as much. So what happens too is is like you know, um, if you're flying for an extended period of time. Uh, you have to stay focused and you know, the longer you focus, the harder it gets. Correct. So you can get fatigue flying on long trips because you've been focusing. So that's when like, that's why autopilot's like almost a necessity if you want to do long flights, mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, because it just, um, you can set your heading and it locks it in and you can fly that direction. You can make, okay. So on my, my Cessna, you can make your job easier because you have like a rudder trim. So you can, if you're flying like in a direction, you can trim the rudder so you don't have to constantly be putting right rudder or left rudder on your feet. Mm -hmm. You can adjust it so that way it'll fly straight in that wind at that moment in time. So that makes it, I mean, that's a way to make it a little bit easier. Then you're only worrying about the stick, you know, left and right elevation and things like that. Um, but it's really cool. Like I really enjoyed it. Like it was probably one of my favorite things I've ever done in my life is uh, flying a plane. Um, sometimes I'm kind of sad that I sold my plane because, uh, I wish I, it was real convenient to go up in it. The only problem I had with it was, uh, you know, I didn't have a pilot to go with me at the time. And I was not 
while I could solo because I have enough hours on my belt, I was not quite comfortable yet solo. Yeah, and if you're not comfortable, then you made the right that decision. Makes sense. Like, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know. I feel like it's almost like I, I, I feel like with the pilots, it's almost like with some people, I guess they're just like, I'm ready, I want to do it now. And then other people, they're like, okay, you need to do this now. And I'm probably falling that camp where they'd have to be like, okay. You've had like 7,000 hours of fucking Well, that's training. because you're like, analytical. You don't, you you know don't what need I mean? to be sitting here anymore. I, I can speak just from being <laughs> being friends with you is that you're very analytical. You're very like precise about everything. Where am I? Top and, and that, shirt today. I, I have a – well, it's a – as we're recording today, it is St. Patty's Day. So I have a lot of green on. Yeah. So did, did your woman pinch you this morning yet? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, that, with her butt that cheeks. girl Wait, between what? the cheeks. <laughs> um, with her, but with her butt so cheeks. So back to the the flying real quick, and then I'll end it on this one. But uh, as far as the conversation on that, uh, so when I told you I was on the game playing it, I got the thing airborne. I literally was I down that plane probably within four minutes. <laughs> so I got a. I have no idea what I'm doing when it with it when it comes to flying a plane. So it's hard. Yeah. So it's if hard. we're ever on an airliner and you're not with me. People just don't let me fly it because I'm not calling the tower and getting be guided. In. I'm probably gonna wipe us all out. I don't know. You say that, but then you know they. You've heard people that have no flying experience. You know, land a plane. You know, um, what was the guy here locally that uh, landed that plane? Where the the instructor, the guy that was flying him, had a heart attack. Do you remember that? It was a student. Yeah, he was, pilot. He was a student yeah. pilot. But yeah, but he was a student pilot. Landing's not hard. It's literally controlled falling. The taking off is harder than the landing. Really. Yeah. See, to me, it would it would seem like the, the the takeoff would be easier than the landing. No, takeoff is definitely more challenging to me. They also say that's the most dangerous time when a plane. Yeah, because the reason being is is if you don't have enough speed and you don't have enough, you can stall, you know, and you got to make sure you clear tree lines and telephone poles and all that kind of stuff, and you got to make sure you have enough lift and not too much drag, you know, like as far as your weight and everything has to be right or else, you know, you won't be able to get off the runway. By the end right. of the runway. You can run out of runway. Yeah. That's what they call the know, point of no don't. return when they hit a certain part of the runway. They can't, they can't yeah. stop the plane. They yeah. got to yeah, get up and they're going to run right off of it and hit something. Yeah. You can't stop fast enough. Now, smaller planes, you don't have that much of a problem. I mean, you know, right. Cause they stop on a as dime. As far as like, you can, you can stop a lot quicker, but a one and um, a half ton, whatever freaking airliner is not going to stop, yeah. you know, in 10 feet, right. you know, it's going to, Take another hundred yeah. yards to um, two hundred yards to slow it down. You know, in in a, in a prop plane, you don't have like reverse thrust either, right? You, you know, you don't you don't have, that doesn't exist right. as far to my knowledge. Um, you no, know, you can't you, turn the you can shut the prop yeah. off, and that's the other problem too. Is if you get a lot of wind, the prop can pull you along even if you have the engine on idle because it's it just still picks spinning, up speed. Yeah. You know how like just like it's like a propeller, yeah. so you basically can pick up speed. Um, but yeah, so the takeoff was a little more I found that a little more challenging than the landing. Um the landing's complicated in crosswinds. So you really need to so when you get to an airport you like you listen to what the tower is telling you. It tells you which way the wind's coming. Right. And if you notice every airport has uh runways that run in both directions of the wind, like north, south, east, west. So you always want to land in the direction that's doesn't have that has the least amount of crosswind. Okay. Sometimes you might not, you might not get lucky. You know, you might, it might be like coming in like Northeast or Northwest. So then you just pick the best runway for what you want. So. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I think you should get yeah. back in. So I think pretty, you should get uh, back into flying <laughs> when you get a chance. But I feel like, I feel like you take off into the wind and you land with the wind is what I feel like in, in my experience, because 
when we were landing and taking off at the airports, we were landing into the wind. And then when we'd, you know, we'd land, um, we do touch and goes, which is basically you just touch right. the runway, run the runway and then take back off again. Um, and then we'd, but we'd also land park, go back out and we take off in the direction that we were landing in. So really I, I don't, I don't feel like if you, I don't think you'll have a situation where one plane's taking off and another one's landing and they'd be a head on collision. Right. I don't think that'd be very frequent. Now, somebody pulling out in front of you, I could totally see that. Right, because they're crossing the runway or I they're coming totally out in there. They got yeah. cleared, and, and all of a sudden they're taking a right turn. Here yeah. you come. So, I mean, there's been times where we've been like at Lake and Linder where they've had the bigger jets, um, and they've, the tower has been like, you know, go ahead and take the same runway and just get out because we can we don't need as much runway, and we can move a lot faster. So they, they basically have the big plane rolling down to, you know, get staged. And as he's doing his turn and gets to that situation where he stops, we're just like, <laughs> take off out in front of him. And that's kind of, that's kind of wild. I mean, that, we did that that's a couple of cool. times and that was pretty wild. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So you see him like getting in position and getting that point. You know how when you're in the plane, you feel it like stop mm -hmm. and then it pulls forward and it turns and then it stops and it waits. That's when you're waiting for the all clear to take off right. at that point. Um, and then there's a couple of times, you know, how you might be sitting there for a couple of seconds. It could be because there's a smaller plane in one of the other taxiways that they went ahead and cleared to take off because they need a shorter runway. Right. So they take off once they clear the airport and once they get to a certain altitude, then the big plane can take off. And they tell you like, in, you know, when you take off, you know, bear to this petting and head in this direction first, right. even if that's not the direction you want to fly in, you have to fly in that direction. They tell you until you clear the tower space. And then you can make your turn. Um, and typically, you know, we fly at a thousand feet, two thousand feet, so we're well under yeah, thirty six thousand feet the, from an airliner. Yeah, the airliners once we get away from the from the uh, flight uh, from the tower space, you know what I mean. And they tell you where what what altitude and everything approach at too. So they'll say, you know, come in at this heading at this altitude, stay on this path, you know, and then they put you in the pattern, and then it's your then they tell you it's your turn to fly land and. You tell them that you're doing, you know, base, you know, final uh, left turn, final approach. You know where you get a good visual of that? Whoosh. Actually, what you're saying, that pattern that they get in is in Orlando International Airport. So if you're if you're yeah. taking 417 into Oviedo, Florida, for instance, because um, that's where they come. They make they make this like circle and you can see three yep. planes like literally, you know, maybe Making like a, a thousand yards away from each other. You know what I mean? And they're coming around in a circle. That one comes down and then the next one comes down and they're just like motoring them in, you know, one after another. So it's kind of cool. So you're right. Um, hey, one other thing. I know we're going to jump off the pilots thing, man. Thanks, man, for all that info, dude, because I, I was always curious about it. So I'm sure, yeah, I hope I'm sure right. the listeners uh, <laughs> that, you know, that are interested in planes will listen to this episode. But um, there was a, there's a sleep study going on. Um, having your pet, may take a toll or having a pet may take a toll on your sleeps right i can tell yeah, you that's happening i can tell you this since i got that damn cat he has completely jacked up my sleep schedule uh and they yeah. said they said that people with dogs that were more likely to have a sleep disorder than cats they said that cats you're more likely to experience leg jerks is what the study found so i'm just like leg jerks. When, so when your cats what's a leg jerk uh that's where like when you like you jerk your legs like you know how you wake up and you jerk your leg and it wakes you up oh yeah but do you do you have any of that problem with your cats because i know your cats like sleep with you and shit so 
So not all the time. Like we, I mean, they, yeah, we do. Normally I, I kick them out. Like we don't have all the cats. Sleep okay. Close. We normally have just the one. Um, and then lately, like I've been kicking him out too. Uh, and he goes over and sleeps in his little warm pod and he's, he's happy and go lucky. And so are the rest of them. They all have like warm spots to go sleep in. Mm-hmm. But my problem is, is that he'll wake up at like four in the morning and have to go to the bathroom. Oh, geez. Um, so now we have a litter box in the room. It's not a problem, but if we don't, then it's like, uh, he, then he goes, he starts meowing like crazy and it wakes me up and I go let him out, you know? Right. Uh, Louie does a great job because he sleeps in the bed next to me, like on the floor. So he don't bother me at all. I mean, he does snore just a little bit, um, but it's not, it does not disruptive because I got a fan running so I can hardly hear right. him when he's snoring. Now, he used to be a asshole. <laughs> Like mine is right now. Sleep study things making me tired. Like mine is right now. And he used to jump. He used to try to jump on the bed. And Tracy, my wife, was bad about getting him off the bed. So he would sneak around to her side, jump on the bed, and then army man crawl over to get on top of me. And that would wake me up and piss me off. And I put him back on the ground, and he'd go back around. He'd wait till I fall asleep, go back around, jump back on the bed. You know, wiggle his way around and get right next to me. Right. Luckily. Uh, Tracy finally decided to lay the hammer down on her side too <laughs> and tell him not to get up there. So now he knows not to get on the bed, but yeah, I can totally see where animals disrupt your sleep. hundred percent. See, they're saying like in the study that they performed that it's you cats will give you a shorter night's sleep, but the dog yes. wasn't linked to any changes in sleep, um, in, in sleep at all. So, and they, but they said with the dog, they said it's kind of a little misleading because it really depends on the breed. So for instance, like, I don't know how Louie dog is with you, but you know, as far as like constantly, does he does he now that he's older, does he like fuck with you as much or no at night, or does he kind of? No, he goes to bed and he sleeps. So he's just he out, right? Like, okay, literally, like literally, <clears throat> when we we walk in the bedroom, it's a, he grabs a toy and he goes and lays in his bed next to me, and he he plays with his toy, like chews on his toy a little bit, and then he'll just fall asleep, and he will sleep the entire night through until it's six o'clock in the morning to wake up. Like I'll wake up. You know, I'll, I'll go to get up and then he'll like open his eyes. He'll roll over, yawn, stretch and hop up and then be like, okay, take me outside. You know? And then, I mean, he's really, really good about that part. Right. The cats are kind of what fucks me up right now. Uh, see, well, you know, like in this study, well, this might help you and this might help people wow, out there yeah. struggling like I am with cat, with my cat. Yeah. It said, basically right. they consulted a cat behavioral specialist and they learned that if, if yeah. they played before you went to bed, the it would activate the cat's natural hunting instinct. So yes. by feeding your cat, you know, after you play with them, it actually activates where they'll groom themselves and actually go to sleep. So I'm going. Yeah, that's, that's I, so what after, I do. I don't, I don't have any play time. So after reading that, you know what I mean? <laughs> this morning I was thinking to myself, dude, I am so doing that this weekend. So I'm going to, you know, not play with him. And then I'm going to, I'm going to wait for him to eat his meal until I'm ready to go to bed. And hopefully that triggers him to go pass out till seven. I hope because this three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning crap is driving me nuts. Um, and I, yeah, I don't play with my cats at all. But after, after dinner time, like it's, it's, it's low energy. Well, the problem is, is that like at three do, in the morning, we do all the playing. First. Well, the problem is at three in yeah. the damn morning, the motherfucker comes in here and like, cause I've been leaving the door because I, he's if not, he like sits there at the uh-huh. door and scratches it and meows. So it's like, that's even more annoying. So, but he'll come in and then he'll sneak up onto the bed. Cause he's like stealth. You know, the, the, he's the master of stealth, you know, um, and then he'll grab my foot and that, that'll get you going, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you don't know what the yeah. hell is getting so, on your foot. So what you have to do with that, what I found is, is if you ignore him 
I mean, they'll keep doing it for like hours, like rattling the doors and meowing and bouncing on the doors. Right. But if you ignore them and, and persevere through it, they will give up. And then the next time they do it, they'll do it for less time and they'll give up. And eventually they'll stop doing it because I had that problem with the two big, the two older cats. Mm -hmm. They would come to the door and they would literally, she would jump up and try to open the door. Like she would hit the doorknob, like the handle and the handle would rattle. Like she was trying to get in and it would startle me because I think I felt like someone was trying to break in. And then she would just sit there and meow nonstop for like two hours. And it sounds like that cat kept your ass I'm up so last night. <laughs> God damn, dude. I'm so tired today. I don't know what the hell's well, going on. You know, I think we'll I think I think I need I think I need more oxygen. I say we go let's I say we go get wink yes. wink some breakfast, man, and get some food in you, man, to wake wow. your ass up. <laughs> wink wink. What's the wink wink about? No, I'm just saying go get some breakfast. Oh yeah, I was definitely I was about, I was about to eat breakfast. That's right, man. I was gonna go inside, then you realize what time it was. Make myself some <laughs> I was gonna go inside and make myself some bacon and Ooh. eggs. No, I don't right, so eat, what time I don't eat, um <laughs> whatever i don't eat uh i don't eat breakfast in the morning anymore um i wait till around 10 to 10 30 to have the first meal of the day that's yeah, smart uh the reason being is i was reading a study that uh reading and then i watched a study on it somebody talked about the study that i read right. um that when you wake up your body still has fuel left over to burn so you want to stay in that fasting cycle, you know, until so as long, pretty much as long as you can, right? Before you have that first meal of the day, um, it has a whole lot of health benefits to it. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Plus, I noticed if I eat breakfast early, I eat more calories in a 24 hour period because then I typically have a big breakfast, you know. Then by noon I'll be hungry, I'll have a big lunch, and then you have a big and then dinner. By six o'clock I'll have a big dinner, you know. Six seven o'clock I'll have a big dinner. And I'll end up eating like, you know, 2,500, 3,000 calories because each each meal is like 1,000 calories because it's so easy to do these days. It, it, it's it's um, super easy. It's like everywhere you go in a restaurant, yeah. it's 1,500 calories for a yep. meal. Right. It's like you can split it in two right, and eat 100%. it the next day is what you should be doing when you go out to, to dinner, you know, because it's just ridiculous how much food but they put on that I plate. I feel like, you know, I know we're going over a couple seconds, but okay. I feel like the food that we get today – is not at not nutritionally dense. So I feel like you can eat one of those 1500 calorie meals and then you're still hungry because you're not getting the nutrients that you need. It's just, it's just filler stuff for temporary um, filler. And then you're right back at it hungry again. I think that's why I feel so good when I stop eating the processed food and the carbs mm -hmm. and the sugars, because I'm eating like, you know, it's requiring me in order to get, you know, satiated. I have to eat a lot of protein and vegetables, right. you know, salads, green leafy vegetables, you know, things that are high fiber, low carb. Um, and I just feel satiated. Like I don't feel hungry. You know, like there's like last night, like I didn't feel hungry, but I ate because I knew that I needed to Correct. eat to get to my calories. Because if you don't eat enough, you won't lose Correct. weight either. It's like a fucking double-edged sword. Yeah. It's live by the um, sword, die by the sword, you know, when it comes to food. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's absolute crazy. Well, so speaking of food. It's about that time. Listen, yeah. guys, make sure you go into our uh, socials. You can get us on the Tiki Talk and on the Tweet Machine at underscore to the Daily BM. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Daily BM. And don't forget to click that subscribe button in the bottom right-hand corner on our YouTube channel. Uh, also, go to our website at dailybm.com. And Mikey, we talked about aviation. We talked about food. We talked about pussy, cats. Got anything? 
No, I sure don't have nothing to do. Eric, stop interrupting right, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, man, I can't help it. I was really quiet this whole show because, you know, I was busy, like, sucking on some nuts. Peace out, guys. Deuces.